This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sam and Greg in for John and Hugh on the second day of January. Very, 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 very uplifting, prestigious sort of piece of music there when you hear it. Always, you know? always. Being, like you should be in some sort of. You look of, at the clock and it's 3.30. Yeah, you know, which will change soon. Yeah, it will, it will. But, but we uh, we head into this 8 o'clock hour. We say to you, good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a uh, happy new year to you folks. And now uh, stay with me. Stay with Candler me. Candler McAfee. Candler McAfee. Yeah, you don't know about that? Area, not a town. You said an area. Well, I, I say because there's two names there, but Candler McAfee. You don't know nothing about Candler McAfee? I know about Candler. Which McAfee are you it's, talking it, about? It's, it, they're the two together. It's like St. Paul, Minneapolis. I know, I know different folks named McAfee, but, but who was We're not talking about folks. We're talking about <laughs> areas of the city that you live in. Okay. Candler yeah. McAfee, uh, unincorporated DeKalb County. It okay. is located east of Atlanta, about 10 miles east of downtown Atlanta and to the south of Decatur. Okay. Population around mm, That's the area 25,000 folks. Candler Park, I think, where you're talking about that area there. Oh. Well, they call it Candler Mac. Okay, okay. Well, well, yeah. then, then and I, that was I from the last that. census, so they got a, well, you know, over 20,000 folks living there. You okay. should know that. I don't know that. I, I know it was, was, was near, it's near Fernbank. We're, we're, yeah, there are people there. walking around with a bottom lip hanging out right now because uh-huh. they they wait for you to give these Fern nuggets and, and it's 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 if rare. You got th- kids that love dinosaurs. Yeah. You've been to Fern Bank. That's all that's up in I'm that. I'm just camp. saying this one kind of stumped you a little bit, and it's rare that you get a little. I, I mean, you get a little, you know, yeah, well, you, well, you, you, as they you, say. You mentioned, you mentioned, you know, Candler, and I'm thinking there's a lot of streets and stuff named Candler around this town. Very very famous Atlanta family. So, yeah. I'm thinking of that area. If you go down Moreland, you hit hit Ponce and go out in that area right in there. I think we also want to get it to the boat show too. Yeah, we, I just we, I just like that left turn. We, well, I, well, <laughs> I, I, I got somebody. That. I got somebody who's good straight for that. The, the, this weekend, what we're on Saturday this week, right? Yeah, we are. Okay, so Saturday we're gonna talk about the boat show because the boat show is back. Yeah, I love me it's, some it's boat a, show. It's something that's, that hasn't been around. Due to the due to, to COVID, okay, yeah. and so uh, it, it's back this year. Love me some boat show. For my earliest remembrances, sneaking out and jumping on the L, going down to McCormick Place in Chicago, and that's where I was introduced to the to the uh, what's that thing called the the uh, vitamin Vegematic. The dude would stick all kinds of stuff in the in the in the yeah, blender, yeah. and it was steel then, and he and he pass out the drinks afterwards, and he put vegetables in there, and he blend it up and. I gave you know. I gave I gave one of those things to to son and daughter for Christmas. Yeah, and then the I one mean, with the, fruit, the, the jet blend. The, the, well, the thing I, you can get now is the bullet something like that. No, it's kind of like the bullet, but it's, it's a jet blend. You just put stuff in there, and you it, it make you drink more water. I'm probably going to get one from me and my wife. That's point. all I need to do. Yeah, you know, drink put it in water. there with we'll slice some cucumber up in there and have it. You know, be, be nice. 
Are you ready for the bowl games today? We came back with the music, the, the CBS. The there are four football. today. There four are. bowl games today. Yes. Because <laughs> some people may think that since we've had the playoff semifinals, that, that's, you know, that's it until the championship game. Wrong. You are very wrong. So this is like the Pro Bowl in the NFL. Yeah, you, you got. You, <laughs> nobody cares about you got, these. You know, well, I don't see nobody cares about other them. than the schools playing. You know what? Well, you got to have these games that ordinarily would be played on New Year's Day, but since New Year's Day was yesterday, Sunday NFL Day, they're being played today. You have Rose Bowl, you have Cotton Bowl. We got the game, the uh, really a Quest Bowl, which is in Tampa at Raymond James. It used to be formerly known as the Outback. Because I've been there when it was the Outback. That was a great bowl game. To Did go you get to. cold onion rings? Yeah, no. Or blooming onions? Blooming onions. They were not cold. Okay. And a nice steak pregame meal. Oh, uh, you got a steak there? It, it's oh. out, Outback Bowl, isn't it? Okay. Well. Okay, then what you think you're going to get? A hot dog? What are you going to give you? A ham sandwich? What you talking about? The you pros. And the, you know, all you got no. to say is about some cold pumpkin pie. No, man. Outback going to put their name on something and serve you. All right. No, a, you're right. A, a bologna right. sandwich. No, or something. you're right. You're absolutely okay, right. Yeah, that's what I'm you got. Making uh, sure it was warm. And also the citrus bowl. Folks over in Orlando uh, got the game. Get an uh, orange. The, 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 uh, well, yeah, you get anything on you that okay. one. Um, the, the, the Quest Bowl, the game in uh, Tampa. Obviously, it's one people we watch with a lot of emotion. Illinois against Mississippi State, and that's a, that's a twelve noon. Today. Yes, uh, and since his passing, there have been a number of different little tributes here and there. This will be a day when they will be a, a, another one. The conversation never wavered from from the the, the um, reports I saw and heard that they were going to play this game. There was a conversation. Well, maybe they won't play it because Mike Leach passed and so on and so forth. But nah, everybody that knew him and, and talked about that, said, no, nah, he'd be mad if you didn't play the game. They're facing Illinois. Thoughts about this. Illinois football became – made some Relevant noise. this year. Right, for the first time in a while. Maybe you want to take a trip down I-55 and go to – was it 57? I always get those two confused. I don't know. Down to Champaign. Yeah, you don't want to used to hang out down there. So yeah, I did. Like that. Uh, what a, if anybody well, told you when the season began that Cotton Bowl would be Southern Cal and Tulane, Anybody tell you? I think I think I think I heard somebody say the last time Tulane played in this game, they were a member of the Southeastern Conference. That's been over for almost fifty years ago since they left the SEC, and uh, and really kind of left football relevance, right? With the exception of like what like one season, uh, but they had that kind of year and they played their way in. They're ranked sixteenth in the country. The Green Wave. You know, you always throw the fighting whoever when we talk about college programs. Like anytime Iowa State comes on and they're playing, you say yeah, the fighting Dave Arches. Right. You, I think you need to change that for Tulane. Why is that? I think you do. I think uh, you know through the, the 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 time I have listened up the up and down the dial to our own Stake Shapiro. Yeah, the, the I think Stake went. To, I think Stake went to Tulane. Is he at this game? I don't. I don't know where. I don't. I don't follow. I don't follow Stake's movements. <laughs> I mean, uh, other than when he's uh, here, I don't, uh, uh, I don't know. He's uh, quite uh, a busy uh, man. He's uh, got daughters to get ready to go to college, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. He's got all yeah, kinds of stuff. He's got a lot of stuff going on, man. I, I, I'm kind of, and, 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 you know, programming note, I'm kind of sitting in for steak tomorrow with, with Sandra. Wasn't that uh, nice timing? To that. Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, but against Southern Cal, and this is a year when Southern Cal became relevant again. You know, it was great to see them for a while, and everybody was hoping and pulling. I was that they would have made it into the, the playoff. They stumbled there at the end in the uh, conference championship game, and they are playing in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. It's a 1 o'clock start today. So Southern Cal, it's, it's Southern Cal, as long as they bring the guy riding the horse. Did they bring the guy with the horse on the road? 
Is he the, just at home? Now think about that. Say that out loud again and think about Happy Valley in December. Yeah, but they're in Dallas. No, no, that's today. I'm talking about moving forward because that's what I was going to ask you. Well, next. They, they, they won't. They won't take him on the road to for conference games. Okay, well, for a just, bowl game, I'm wondering yeah, if they would bring the Trojan maybe. horse and the little Trojan man riding around and the with, little with, Trojan with, man. With it, with it, that's, <laughs> what? What? What's wrong with you, man? I just didn't expect to hear that phrase when I woke up this morning. I, you know, I, I, that's one of that's one of a bucket list kind of thing. I want to go see Southern Cal play a game at the LA Coliseum. I've seen them play once. I thought you were going to say you want to ride a Trojan. No, horse. no, no. I want to ride the horse. I want to watch the guy ride the horse. But but I want to watch the and 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 experience because I saw them play in Anaheim, okay. and that's not the same. And they weren't the same. They weren't good at the time. You want to go see them in L.A. Coliseum. You want to see the man on the, on the Trojan horse. You want to see the band that looks like their back lot from Cecil B. DeMille. The band uniforms they come out in. They look right. like something from yeah. you know. Well, they're L.A. You know? Yeah, so you but 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 they dressed little... up. They dressed up like something out of a you know movie, and then. You know, the cheerleaders in the white sweaters, which they wear those white sweaters regardless of if the game's in August, if the game's in December, it's always the white. That's yeah. the, so I, I, I guess they'll be wearing the white sweaters today. Okay. You, you, you like know. them sweaters, huh? Yeah, I'm a fan of the white sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> what? You laughing, hey, man. What's wrong? It's rare that you turned into Ralph Cramden. That's at 1 o'clock today. Sam and Greg, <laughs> Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929 The Game. We're running down the bowl games today, man. man. If you hey, want to watch bowl games, can we bowl Can game. we revisit something? Because I, I, I'm just endlessly fascinated at the conversation that took place in whatever room on both campuses, UCLA and USC, when the decision was made, the amount of money yep. that came their way yep. to make them feel, Talk without even it. think about going, yeah, we'll travel to Ames, Iowa, in December, we'll talk, tra- about, talk about the bag man. You, we'll go to Madison, Wisconsin in December. Talk we'll, about the we'll bag. go to East Lansing. They brought a big bag. Them dudes got to go and play those rope. A the hours for the flight, and then B get off and play them cold weather games that they haven't played in years past. I think that may be, and and I don't know if maybe it'll help. It'll hurt. They'll get some players that they may have not gotten before that they're going to get now. Just their ascent into the Big Ten. And those yeah, games yeah. that you're going to hear soon when it's UCLA and Penn State. You figure there are two brands that would be strong enough not to lose their identity, you would think. But you would think that Nebraska would have been a strong enough brand to not lose their identity by joining But they're still conference. playing cold. I'm talking about the weather. But I'm just period. talking about losing your identity well, that's about true. who you are. Yeah. You know, we had Maryland on the other day. Maryland, okay, we, we have to remind ourselves what conference they're in. Dude, we were just talking Georgia Tech basketball and, and talk about identities that have gone, yep. unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, they're still in the same conference, but I'm talking about people who made this conference change to grab this bag of money that the Big Ten has, and they've lost who they were. And I think that's happened both to Maryland and, and to Nebraska. Let's see if Southern Cal and UCLA can still retain who they are. Because um, that's that's you know because they're not going to play no. the folks we're used to seeing them play. I mean, it's nice to see because as the Rose Bowl gets set to be played today, we had to wait until the Rose Bowl to see them play a team from that conference. That was the, they, they didn't go to other bowl games for years, so uh, there, there was no chance of them playing a Big Ten team unless they won the conference championship. This is like somebody took you know we used to see the flight patterns of of airlines over the country at a certain time of day, yeah. and they're all over the. That's what college football landscape looks like now or will continue to evolve and it looks like that because all the traditions out the window nobody cares locations doesn't matter where you are you could be out there in the west coast you could be you could be surfing one weekend and then like i said shoveling you know 
the next weekend trying to get to your hotel because you're playing again in Rutgers in New Jersey. You know, and this is and if you get conference games, you're going to be regularly making that long flight. The the teams but east also, of the Mississippi. But also, the teams got to make the long flight up. Well, I was place. just going to say, but the teams in east of the Mississippi, the Michigans, the Michigan States, the Illinois that are going to be going west, you look forward to those games weather wise for that week. Yeah, but you don't look forward as far as your, for your, your body clock. Dude, but I'm an 18 year old dude, man. I don't care nothing about that. That doesn't affect me as much as it would affect us. You, do, you wouldn't think that if it's not something that you normally do. So, I mean, that's what they got. Other two games, LSU is playing today. They're playing at 1 o'clock against Purdue. That's the game in, in, uh, in Orlando. And I'll uh, talk about the Rose Bowl. It's Penn, Penn State. Now, very own Mike Conti. Yeah. Uh, the fighting Mike Conti. Yes, he is. He's, he's uh, going to be he's out, out at Pasadena for the game. Maybe a ride on a float. Let's watch the parade. We might see Conti on a float. If Penn State's got <laughs> they're playing, they're playing Utah today. That's at five o'clock our time. Two all two, I wouldn't say all time greats, but two greats celebrating a birthday. Happy fifty fifth birthday to excuse me, happy sixtieth birthday to both David Cohn and Edgar Martinez. Whoa! Celebrating yeah. a birthday two today. Two greats. Two greats. We are going to talk to our own <laughs> from Iowa State, David Archer. Yeah. Coming up next, Sam and Greg Sports Radio, 929 Game, 929Game.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Sports Radio, 929 the Game, 929Game.com. It's Sam and Greg. Normally on weekends, but we are in for John and Hugh this morning, this uh, second day of January. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Happy and, New Year. And if you're just tuning in, we were just uh, trying to wonder what's going on in Candler-McAfee area, where they were the latest shout-out. It's uh, 8 o'clock hour, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, we didn't have much for them. But we still wish them a happy a happy New Year. Very much. Yeah, they, they ain't mad at you. They ain't mad at me. Why they mad at me? Because you ain't got no stuff, you know. I've been over to the park and played tennis over there. Let me say something that I think our next guest will agree with me on. And we said this over the weekend. The nice thing, one of the nice things and the differences between old folks or older folks and younger folks is this. We don't get mad when we walk into a room anymore and we can't remember why we walked in there to get. Because it's been happening to us for so long. We're used to it now. But when you were in your 30s, you used to stand there and spit and cuss and turn around and go, what did I come in here for? Yeah. And we don't get mad at that no more. It's called post-it notes. Yeah, we don't. It's called post-it notes. Yeah, but we notes. don't get mad at it. But, you hear David laughing. He knows yeah, what I'm talking about. I, I've learned to keep post-it notes certain places around the house so I can always jot something down when a thought comes to me. I don't don't lose. Yeah, so you got them all over the house like I Fred got, Sanford. I, I do. A little post-it notes. God, I got a little pen. Am I right. right, David? Do you get mad? You just kind of stand there and wait for it to bounce off the satellite. You know what? Eventually it'll come back to you, and you realize, why did yeah. I walk in this room? Yeah. It'll, it'll, I, in fact, I just walked into my office. I had my phone in my hand. I said, what the hell am I doing? And, oh, i got to talk to Greg and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you hear him on the Falcons call. It's David Archer joining Sam and Greg here at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 92.9thegame.com. Before we get into the Falcons, I want to bring you in and get your thoughts on a conversation that Sam and I were just having. And we were talking about the identities of these college teams that have jumped uh, jumped conferences. Now, you played in the Big 8 as opposed to Iowa, who plays in the Big 10, and we were talking about them, and and, and we got into the whole USC because they're playing today in a bowl game, UCLA, moving to the Big uh, the, uh, the Big 10, Big, Big 10. 12, whatever you want to call it. Big and, 15. And having those games in, <laughs> in November, December at Happy Valley, at, at East Lansing, at, at Columbus, where they're not used to having – but. 
What Sam brought up is that's one thing, but the other thing is he talked about teams like Nebraska, who when they joined the Big Ten, their identity of what was Nebraska is sort of lost. What are your thoughts on the, the movement and some of these historic programs not being who they were once they changed conferences? It's been it's been odd, certainly, guys, when, when you see teams. Nebraska was a team that uh, had a Big Ten, kind of a Big Ten feel to it. It wanted – be rough and tough on defense. They were uh, a team that would run the football at you 60 or 70 times during the game, throw it, you know, 10, 12 times in the game. And uh, so you seem to that fit like what the Big Ten has been all about. Since they've made the transition to the Big Ten, they've had a tough time really living up to that that uh, persona that they had. Um, I, I think that there is certainly a, a, an identity that's attached to different conferences. I don't know if it's valid or not because of the way – Offenses have now now become kind of universal. I think you see teams in the SEC who, who was noted for years of lining up in the I formation and run the football at you and playing big, tough defense. They still play defense to a certain extent, but now they're spread all over the field and, and, and they're playing defense in the Big 12 where Big 12 is supposed to throw it all over the yard. So I don't know that the identities necessarily are attached anymore, albeit we still kind of attach them. To those conferences, I think because of the way offenses have changed and the way defenses have tried to change to stay with them, uh, you're seeing a lot more of the same type of stuff no matter what conference you're in. Spending time on the WaitForIt.com hotline this morning. Um, to start off the new year, man, with David Archer. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at ArcherQB16, ArcherQB16. Arch, before we get to the Falcons yesterday, let's talk about the game that happened just hours before uh, there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And you talk about offenses. What would Vince Dooley and Woody Hayes say about the offenses that both teams were running Saturday night? <laughs> well, I think both those coaches would say, hey, give me a W. That would have been number one. Both of them <laughs> wanted to win. But they would have uh, had to probably turn their back and, and grit their teeth, bite their tongue a little bit to see uh, the way the defenses were pushed around. But certainly some offensive prowess was, was shown by both teams. I give both teams a ton of credit. It was a fun watch, as was the uh, the first semifinal game between TCU and Michigan, two teams that uh, that put up a lot of points and a lot of things were going on uh, back and forth. Obviously, the defense is struck in that TCU game where they had two pick sixes. So I guess there's, a, there's an element you have to make an adjustment, just a little bit like we were talking a few moments ago about styles. Um, what's acceptable defense? You know, what are you looking for? I, I've talked to a lot of defensive coordinators around the country in doing college games. And that's changed significantly. No longer are you trying to hold teams to under 10 points. You're trying to win the moments, third down, win in red zone, try to hold a team to 21 points, 23 points, something like that, because I think my offense will go out, score them. Uh, the perception, or at least their thought of how defense is supposed to be played, has changed significantly because the offenses are so hard to wrangle in. Let me ask you something, too. You, you, you quarterback, and, and you watch quarterbacks, of the, four we, uh, the ones we saw Saturday, who made money? Because that's going to be our conversation in a few weeks. Who ran this uh, in some shorts in front of guys with stopwatches? Boy, he really made some money today. Which quarterbacks made money Saturday? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, Sam. It's a good question. I think that C.J. Stroud showed himself pretty well. I didn't, you know, there's been a lot of conversation around the, the Ohio State quarterback, and I just didn't know what his signature, what is his signature win? Um, when you begin to start evaluating him against some of the young quarterbacks in the league, there's a lot of conversation about our quarterback and Desmond Ritter. Um, save Bryce Young, which, what quarterback coming out this year has a better resume than what Desmond Ritter had coming out of college as well? 
and now Desmond Ritter is going to play a four four game slate here in the National Football League. Tell me his value is not up to be above anybody coming out. Um, Bryce Young's problem is he's how small he is. Um, he's only five ten, five eleven. Can he withstand a seventeen game schedule? And you got to stand in and throw the football. You guys both know. These guys got to stand in there and get hit and throw the football and scramble around's fun in college because you're normally of the 13 games or 12 games you played, you're probably better than everybody. Maybe one or two games, the teams are about the same you are as you are. Are you going to dominate? That's not the way it is in the league. Everybody is as good as you are in the National Football League on a given Sunday. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they evaluate. But as far as guys, I, Bryce Young is phenomenal to me. I think he's got the best quarterback skills of anybody coming out, but he's just such a small dude. I just don't know if he can if he can hang in there as long as he'll need to in this league. I want to talk to our audience for a second and tell you about a conversation we had with David a few weeks ago, and I asked David this question. Put him in a scenario where they were traveling back, say, after Falcons game, and all of a sudden he finds himself sitting next to Desmond Ritter, and Desmond Ritter wants to talk to David Archer about the, the pace of the game, the speed of the game. How long did it take David to have the game slow down to where he knew he was he was supposed to be in this league where he knew that he could excel in this league and, and, and it became an easier position to manage. And you gave him the answer that you gave him. My question is, as we sit here now and look at him after his first start, his first win as a starter, and, and knowing what you went through then, can you see him feeling, I won't say the game slowing down, but a little bit more comfortable? Because we are, we've had nothing but positive things to say about what we've seen from him so far. Yeah, I think so, Greg. I think that the quarterbacks that are coming out now are a lot more prepared than when I came out because just because the offenses and and what they're being what they're being asked to do at the high school level, you know, the seven on seven camps, learning to how to drop and throw. We didn't have any seven on seven camps when I was in, when I was in, in uh, high school or anything like that. Where you, you you learned about coverage and all this kind of thing. These guys are far more prepared. And then you throw on top of that, the guy started fifty games in college. You know, look what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco. That's not by accident. It's because he played 45 games at Iowa State, and he he had to go through some of those things that you go through as a quarterback, learn what you can get away with, what you can't get away with. And, yes, the speed of the game changes in the National Football League, but the football doesn't change. And if you played a lot of football, you're going to be able to adjust to the speed. I think he's, been, I think he's made some, some major adjustments just in the three three weeks he's played. I think some of the throws he's making in, in – in, uh, uh, in the game this last weekend, uh, I think that those are those are throws that you probably you, you don't see normally from guys that uh, have played maybe a couple of years or a year of college. I think that's why it's it, taken Justin Fields such a long time to kind of adjust to the the pro game from a throw standpoint. The guy's a phenomenal athlete and could run around. I think he ran for what 150 yards again this weekend, but he completed seven of 22 passes. And okay, so. The pass game is a different scenario at the National Football League level, and I think Desmond Ritter is fully and well-equipped. He's got the skill set, but the mindset there as well. I think that the game is going to come to him much quicker than it did me or, or a lot of these guys that don't play as much in college. David, you watched this team from the first snap of the season. Now that we sit here and talk about what the possibilities are with free agency and the upcoming draft, if they asked you for your two cents in the room when the decisions are being made, who needs more help um, for this team, and obviously both sides of the ball, but is it Desmond and giving him more tools, or is it Grady Jarrett on the defensive side? Well, I would immediately – I'm glad you said Grady because I would immediately go to Grady. I think Grady needs more help on the defensive side of the football. I think that this is a really fun defense 
from an energy standpoint, how hard they play, but they're undermanned. And there's no question the interior of the defensive line is, you know, if you could get your hands on Jalen Carter, which is probably not going to be the case where you're drafting, that would be a number, that would be my first pick. I would find someone to pair with Grady on the interior to stop the run game to a certain extent, a, a limit how much their people are able to run between the tackles. Cause that's really a, the, the one place Atlanta is getting touched defensively is they're having a tough time stopping the interior run game. Now they ultimately bow their back and get it done. This is a defense that's three for 10 uh, teams are three for 10 in scoring touchdowns. The last three games in the red zone. I mean, that's elite level defense in the red zone, but what's happening is teams are running the football and eating clock. So now Desmond Ritter is not getting to touch the ball as much. And, and so you're limited. You had 10 possessions yesterday. I mean, there's, there was a game, what, two, three weeks ago where you had eight possessions in a game. Normal NFL games, it's 12 to 13 possessions. So that drives the score down, drives your opportunities down, and it magnifies whether you make a mistake or not, how much it costs you. So, yeah, interior defensive line would, would, certainly would be an area I would attack. Uh, corner. That would also help Grady as well. You know, some of the, the guys, those guys come up, press, take the ball, make the quarterback hold the football. Because let's face it, these quarterbacks are trying to get the ball in their hands so quickly that if I can make him hold it, that's going to give Grady and those guys up front a chance to get home. So that's where I would attack initially. Certainly there's other places you can make some adjustments, but those those are the particular spots I would go. Well, we're wrapping things up here with, with David Archer. The pride of Soda Springs, Idaho – uh, with, hey, why are you laughing about I that? I wasn't laughing. I was just saying, mm. that, that's, like, I've never been there. I haven't either. But, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you, will never, you will never go there either. By the way, i got a guy across the street, Sam. He just came across, and he said, uh, he says, why does Sam keep calling Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette? I don't know. That's just See? something he did. He I told you. To know why he, David, we'll tell you another time, but he got folks coming at him from not in Lafayette, but also Griffin <laughs> this morning. All right? <laughs> Before we let you go, Arch, the thoughts about this offensive line and, and, and what they've done th- th- this year. And each year we always say the offensive line needs more help, needs more help. What do you yeah. do with this group going forward? Because they've really shown themselves, especially in the run game. It's interesting. They're very good in the run game. They're maulers in the run game. Obviously, you're going to have to reevaluate the, the Caleb McGarry thing. You've kind of put him on notice. Caleb McGarry's had a good year. Not a great year, but he's had a solid year. Those guys don't grow on trees, as you guys know. Big maulers at the offensive tackle position. Now you're going to have to consider what do you want to do there if you're Terry Fontenot and, and, and Arthur Smith. The left guard position's kind of been a bit of a turnstile because we've had guys hurt. Matt Hennessy returned yesterday. Matt did some good stuff. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Is that the body you want there? He certainly showed out uh, yesterday in some blocks and some of the athleticism he shows. But would you like to see a guy step forward? It's a little bit bigger player. How about the kid out of Georgia, Schaefer? We have not seen him. He's a mauler-type, big-bodied dude. Is that a guy that takes that next step after a first year of kind of understanding of the National Football League's about can he take that next step and get in the mix at that left guard position and compete? Um, but I think that the bulk of the guy, Dolman's been outstanding. I think he's had some moments where he's gotten his pad level too high, but I thought he was really good yesterday at a couple blocks that uh, he made. Uh, Lindstrom's as good as it gets, and I think uh, Matthews continues to do stuff. I think you're going to continue to probe that, Sam. I think you're going to continue to look at it. And if you can make some adjustments or if some guys step forward, like Schaefer, the big kid out of Georgia, if he can step forward, then you'll have some competitions there that might change the complex and how that, how that group's made up. Before we let you go, what is Georgia going to do to get that chip next week in the national championship against TCU? Well, they got to just – it's a little bit like I said to, to Dukes and Bell last Friday. You got you can't give up big plays. And, and now you're going to get a guy – now, C.J. Stroud wasn't supposed to be able to run around, and he did on him. 
you're going to face a dude now that's as gritty a guy as there is a quarterback in Max Duggan. He can run around. He can take it the distance. He's going to buy time. He's got savvy in the pocket. This going to be a tougher, tougher guy to handle um, when you start talking about the quarterback. Cannot give up big plays. If they don't give up big plays, I think Georgia wins the football game because I just think that they're, they're that irresistible force on offense. And give, give Stetson Bennett credit. He did not play very well in the first three quarters of the game, but when they needed him to, and when Kirby got on him, he stepped up and he made some really good throws that allowed him to win the game. Man, we got to talk to this guy more often. Hey, man. I'm telling you, Always we miss having best. David on, Always man. the best. He is. And, again, we're not going to be here because we're in for John and Hugh, but you will be here next Monday at 820. Is that correct, David? Well, I, I, I could be coerced. I mean, I, if you guys aren't going to be in there, they're going to have to. They're going to have to send me a, another check. I'm playing. I'll let you work that out with them. But it's always David Archer. We can't thank you enough, man. It's always good to talk to you, buddy. Enjoy it, Arch. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for holding it down. Take there care. You go. <laughs> Coming into the nine o'clock hour, we're going to talk. Especially in, speaking of this national championship game, we're going to talk to a dude from Dallas. Give us his thoughts on this TCU program and, and what Jay, what they think George is up against because, you know, they're going to talk big and bold and puff the chest out. So we're going to talk to uh, a guy from uh, NBC Dallas coming up. But a casting call lets you know where money is flying through the air. And you might want to focus on what's going on behind the camera at this point. I'm going to talk about that up next. Sam and Greg, in for John and Hugh, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. We're in for John and Hugh. You know what this is from? Oh yeah. The Peter Gunn thing. Now this is from Blues Brothers. But I was thinking about this and I wanted to play it today because I was I was watching my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of The Sopranos last night. Okay. And it was it's it's episode one of season three. And anybody who watched Sopranos know this is the you know after they got rid of um, I can't say his first name, but Bompensero at the end of last season. And, 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 and Richie got killed by his sister. He has the feds trying to put a, um, a wire in his house. And there is this great mashup between that song, Peter Gunn theme, and Every Breath You Take by the Police. Okay. And Agent Harris and the rest of the feds are trying to sneak this wire in the Sopranos' house and all this other stuff is going on. And it's just a great episode. And so I was thinking about it. So I got to mention this today. And I do it now during the casting call. Let you know how you can find these jobs in the film and TV industry. Also, Jeremy Renner, too. Are you, are you a Jeremy Renner fan? Yeah. The actor? He is in stable condition, but he was in a snow plow accident. Mm. I mean, not snowmobile, a snow plow accident. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, but he is uh, he is doing well. Um, let me let you guys know this is a great time for you not to necessarily look for the jobs in front of the camera, but there are a few of the casting directors out there. January Curry from Destination Casting has got four opportunities going on right now. But this is going to be the 11th year. 12th? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. 11th year that I've been doing this. 12th? Okay. Oh, wait, we're in, this is 23, right? Right. Oh, so we're going into the 12th year that I've been letting folks know about where to find these job opportunities as extras in front of the camera and getting on a crew, 
maybe changing the, the location where you work right now, if you're an electrician, carpenter, hairdresser, driver, whatever it is, and getting yourself on a crew and start working in the industry. Because it's here. It's, 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 we've, we've watched it grow in the state of Georgia. You see these yellow signs. You come in here all the time. You go, What's filming over here by such and such? What's filming over there by so-and-so? We know the money that is flying through the air in the state, the billions of dollars, and I'm just doing my part to try and let you guys know how you can grab some of it. That's what I do. And so now that there is this lull, there's a good, this is a good time to explore. And they're always there. It's not like this, this time is the only time I put this up. But Film Industry and VoiceOver Info is the bottom third or fourth, depending on how many jobs I have up, of the casting call. And I start you with how to find the behind-the-camera film and TV industry jobs. And you follow this link that I have, and it will take you to where people are putting up needs on the various crews. So, again, I just, just check those out. Also, a link to the Georgia Department of Labor. You need to get that certificate for minors, a couple of voiceover contacts, the list of the casting directors, the extras casting directors, to just follow their social media pages where they post the jobs. You don't have to wait for me and Sam to come in or where I would normally be on with Canon today on Star 94 or tomorrow with Ramona on V103. Um, it's going to take the next couple of days off as we get through the holidays, and it will ramp up quick. But if you don't want to wait, you can go to the casting director's pages and see what they have posted. Some are busier than others. Be patient. If you submit yourself, you don't hear from anybody, do it again next week. And if not, the following week. It's got nothing to do with anything you may have done wrong. It's just for that particular week, they may have had all the brunettes they needed or all the the ladies they needed or all the guys, whatever it may be. But just be persistent. Continue to, um, you know, submit yourself for in front of the camera jobs and do not, I repeat, do not email, if you can find a number, call the casting directors. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> just, 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 just don't, okay? Uh, I ain't heard from y'all. I took them pictures and so on. Well, people get anxious. I know they do. Well, I'm trying to save them from not being thrown off, you know, off you on know, the bad out of the list. database. You don't want to be in the bad list. You do not. You do, you do not. And long as you are reliable and you have a reliable car and, you you know, you're not a knucklehead, they'll continue to call you. They will continue because they're always looking for fresh faces. So you guys got any questions about any of this stuff, greg.clarkson is at odyssey.com. The list is up right now and get cast with Greg on Twitter. Actually, not a list, but the links and the things that I've shown you, along with a generic version of how to submit yourself. Couldn't be easier. Take a okay. cell phone, have somebody take a picture of you, dress as best you can to the um, character, the need that they have, servers, carpenters, doctors, nurses, whatever it is, EMTs, whatever you can, whatever you got in your closet, dress to that. Did I cover everything? I think so. You good? Sounds like that? it. Sounds like it. Right. You know. I've had an interesting year with this stuff, and it's been fun helping people because I still regularly hear from people. And by the way, Eric brought something up a few weeks ago. He had somebody to talk to him and, and asked him this. He gave the right answer. No, I get nothing from the casting directors. No. Because they've asked him, he says, do you get paid for that? No. By the way, how would I be able to do that? How do I know who has been picked and then go to – there's just no way. I do this because I can. This is what you do. You let folks know about the opportunities as far as how to become a ref, how to become an, you know, an umpire. We do this. We, we're trying to let you know this morning about how to possibly become a fireman out in Pauline County. So, you know, 
Our, li- our lives would be a lot easier if we just were bigger pass, jerks. Yeah, yeah just, we, just, just passing things on. We pass it on. That's what we do. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we are going to talk to a guy who is entrenched in everything going on in Dallas sports. And we're going to wave our finger at him and call him names because he's going to try and tell us how TCU is going to take it to Georgia. And we've had Newey on before, Newey yeah. Scruggs, right? Yeah, it was whenever we want Cowboys stuff. Whenever we want Cowboys or what's going on in Jerry World. Uh, he usually shares that with us. But, ain't he got a ain't he got a Nashville Hall of Fame kind of name? Yeah, <laughs> Newy Newy Scruggs. Yeah, but he's gonna join us, man. And he uh, he's just back from the Fiesta Bowl. You know, he was out there with TCU watching them beat Michigan, and um, you know he's got some thoughts about this team because I don't know how much people in this part of the country how much we've watched TCU, no. how much we we Be know we, we know about. You're right, you know. So uh, we 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 decided to have somebody to come in who's an expert. And the first thing I, I want to ask him is about, you know, before the season started, all the buzz in that state was about, about Texas Jim, yeah, Jimbo. And, and Jimbo Fisher having to have that, that verbal sparring with Saban back in the spring. That's people people could that. wait. And all the money, alleged money that's going in Texas A&M. I want to hear him talk about that because we got three of them dudes to the transfer pool going to be playing down the street next next season from Texas A&M. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out at him too when he comes on. See what he says about that? Yeah, you know. And it really and, wasn't and, a back and forth. It was more Saban just taking a shot at him and Dion. But but it, but it, yeah, but he know Dion. He had to kind of catch it. That, but he's that, why he got why he got to put Dion's name in his mouth? Because this is, boy, they do Aflac commercials together. He, yeah, yeah <laughs> by do. the way, that dude who I'm working with, he, yeah. he getting some stuff under the table. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he might as well have said it like that. Yeah, he's he's trying to get the folk over in Birmingham to pass the hat to the most. That's what he was trying to get them that to do. That dude, I mean, it yeah. just his his it, it, it worked. His his, his it, it worked. Wallet is never full. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's never full. He always got and if, and if somebody perceives to take a shot from it, like he couldn't just get up there and say thank you for giving me the trophy and we'd like to be a part of the playoffs this year, but we just didn't make it and we're appreciative of of winning this game and our fan base oh, and blah he's blah. Not blah. Do no, he's not going to do that. He's going to take him. shots at some kids who just decided to go and prepare themselves for their future. And what they feel is best for them and their families. Yeah. Now he got to take a shot at them kids. Yeah, he can do that. And but you know what? If he didn't, people might feel like it didn't matter. So I mean, I, th- there are some recruits and some recruits' families who like that. Let me say something. They really some, did. They the, really did. They 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 like to say, "Hey, coach cares if you around. He cares if you if you're there playing." You know, because they went out, and also because of the way the team played. Alabama went out and played ball. They, you know, if they had. If they had said, well, we don't want to be here, you know, looking over the shoulder where they thought they ought to be or, or whatnot, then maybe they wouldn't have played the way they played against Kansas State. But they went out and said, Kansas State, okay. Yeah, but see, that's all the more reason why nobody wants to take that job when he's gone. Because if you're not petty like that, when you're gone, the fan base is going to get on you. How come you didn't poke at them folks? That's what Nick would have done. Well, that, that's that's up to whoever takes that. That's what I'm saying. That's why Jimbo is not going. I mean, excuse me, Dabo is not leaving Clemson. We had that back and forth a couple of years ago, you and I, yeah. and he wants to go back home after Nick leaves. I wouldn't change planes in that area because of the way, yes, he has set a program that will it, historic and will be constantly talked about when you talk about college the history of college football. There will be a big section on Saban's Alabama. Well, but, just Alabama, period. Well, it'll be two parts, though. Yeah, it'll be yeah, two parts. Yeah, um, you'll have that blue period, like Picasso, <laughs> between the bear and Nick. You know, but you know, I talk with some, I talk with some relatives in Birmingham about that. 
He's like, y'all, y'all don't talk about that period where y'all were changing coaches like you change your socks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> y'all don't talk about that time when you're much, do you? Oh, uh, yeah, I had, I had to get out to some of my family members about that last night, talking to some of them. Uh, they're they're, they're big-time Alabama folks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yep. I haven't done one of these in a minute. What you got? So we got to do one of these. On this day. Okay. Did you know that Ted Turner got suspended? It was on this day. Suspended Bowie, from what this time? He guess he, Bowie he, Kuhn, 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 suspended Ted Turner. And this was over that tampering or alleged tampering in Gary Matthews' contract. Okay. Yeah, his okay. free agency. Okay. okay. But Ted Turner got 1977. He got suspended. And there's a lot of folks who really got a problem with this. But it has been changed. But it was on this date, 74, that Nixon implemented a national 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. That was when that happened. That was on this date. Yeah. 1974. And Al Franken quit the Senate, too, on this date. <laughs> that was at 18. Yeah, that's right, Al Franken. Coming up, 9 o'clock <laughs> hour, we are going to talk. Them Hawks are out in the West Coast, and you got to wonder. You're kind of nonplussed about where they are right now in this season because, really, this is the second season. What's happened in the conversation off the court has really been dominating this team. See how they do out there in the West Coast. Also, as we said, Newey Scruggs is going to join us. It's Sam and Greg in for John and Hugh. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.